Hey friend, Aaron Dowd here. Welcome to the podcast, dude. Episode 78. It's November. I'm not going to say this specific date because I've been working on this for a couple of weeks. It doesn't really matter anyways. I hope you're having a great day. I wanted to have this conversation with Sydney um, to kick off a series uh, about being a podcast editor and producer. So Sydney's a producer and editor from Atlanta. He got into helping people make podcasts uh, after he made his own for a while and then just kind of got curious about maybe working with other people. And he, you know, he's into music production as well. Uh, so him and I have that in common. So he, we started interacting on Twitter a while back and, you know, just became internet friends. And then I, you know, I was, I was thinking about people I might want to talk to and his name came up. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's talk to Sydney. So hope you enjoy this conversation. We talk about a lot of things related to being a podcast editor and producer, including finding clients, you know, whether or not you need a website, what, what people who are hiring producers and editors value, uh, and how we can contribute. And then uh, we talked a little bit about how much time we should be investing in growing this industry and convincing people to start podcasts uh, and whether or not we should be working with people who, you know, we're not aligned with in terms of like values and goals. So if you're interested in uh, having a conversation or if there's any of these questions that we talk about in this episode that interest you, you'd like to talk to me about, you are welcome to either just record yourself um, and send me an audio file and I'll make an episode or put it in, in an episode uh, or just send me an email, Aaron at the podcast dude.com and let me know you want to talk to me and we'll have a conversation. So just send some topics, uh, you know, make a little outline. All right. Without further ado, my conversation with Sydney. How you doing, man? How's life in uh, Atlanta, right? Hey, I'm in Atlanta. Um, haven't been here quite a year yet, but it's cool. I'm getting adjusted, adjusted to it. It's just really a, a huge circle. And then getting used to the traffic is the biggest thing. Mm. <laughs> I'm fortunate. I, I live in a, a neighborhood where I can bike everywhere I need to go. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's tight. Yeah, we're not. We're kind of uh, out in like Norcross area, which is... A little bit away is from like uh, the city and our job, so we do have little commutes, but that'll come as we get more comfortable and kind of get more established. We'll be moving more centrally located. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, that so this is a great place to start. So, man, I, I wrote down a bunch of questions to prepare for this interview because I've been wanting to I've been wanting to have a a, a conversation. I, I I want this to be a conversation about a lot of the the really like big important questions that producers and editors are facing right now, especially around money. Like there's, right. there's this whole, I, I feel very passionate, passionately about like how podcasts can improve someone's life and like teach them all kinds of stuff and just really enrich it. I've been talking about that for years, but then there's the, there's the question of how do we support this, right? Like how do, right. how do we as editors um, make enough money to survive and thrive uh, in, in, you know, today's economy and, and, uh, it's like what do what do we charge for this thing that we're making? So I so I want to talk about that, and I just want to read off. I think where I want to start is where do you find clients? I'm a new editor. Where do I find my clients? So, I'll, well, yeah, I'll let you start. It kind of started off. I, I feel like I was lucky in a way because uh, I just I joined a group on Facebook called the Podcast Editors Club. It's a really popular right. group, and I just started interacting with there, trying to become part of the community and. Uh, I had someone reach out to me 
um, which I'm not currently producing her show now. I just did one episode because she was going through job transition or whatever. Yeah. But that kind of, because she saw the value in it, that kind of got the ball rolling for me. So I, I would literally just reach out to people, um, like email, maybe type in some keywords for using social media. It's, it's a very mm-hmm. good tool to try to find people because they're always promoting themselves. So that's <laughs> the easiest place to to find people. And then I actually, me specifically, I'm not sure if everyone does this, but I reach out to people after I kind of check out this show, listen to it, the messaging, yeah. the style, the kind of get a feel for who they are as a person. Um, because it just seems more organic when I reach out as opposed to me just wanting to, you know, make money from editing someone's podcast. I kind of want to be on the same lines as them. So I just reach out, kind of find a, because that's a good way to introduce the conversation. You know, these are topics mm-hmm. that, that I care about, that you care about. It's just more genuine, more natural. And then I just ask, you know, uh, is someone currently assisting you with the production? Are you running to any issues just to break the ice? Really ask them, you know, put the ball in their court. Okay, how can it be improved? Or if they um, were interested in, in getting help and just position myself that way. And, you know, that's how I got my first client. And then um, just continuing to do that. I have a couple clients now, but just a constant going, constant process. And, you know, I was kind of being tough on myself because I know I could be reaching out to people more. I'm like, OK, I can go full scale with this. So here recently I've just been more diligent and doing that, but just finding a place of common ground and just trying to provide value, not really talking about yourself. Um, Cause going into like this freelance thing, I, you know, I come from a background where, you know, work for someone else, someone else for a long time. Like my dad recently retired. He was a detention officer uh, while well, I'm 29. So he's been doing that for about 30 years. So it was just like mm. a whole new world. So I wanted to get into it. I wanted to fit into, you know, know the culture, know the the nuances of doing it the correct way. So um, that's really just how I got started, just just reaching out to people and trying to provide value and find a common ground. I want to I want to highlight that. Like, I, I, I like how you actually find shows that you enjoy, because I, I think I'm, I'm the same way that I mm. whenever whenever I was trying to find shows like it seemed like the shows that I wasn't aligned with personally never ended up being a good fit professionally. Um, right. And and part of that might just be because if you're going to be editing this show, like if if it's not if the show's not about something you care about or by someone that you want to support or be associated with, then you, I think you're just doing it for money. So for finding clients, and I want to ask you about websites, but I but I just want to say that like this seems like it'd be a fairly decent strategy. Like go find, go put together mm-hmm. a list of a bunch of shows that right. you really really enjoy, and ideally these might be shows that. I'm not going to say are like, not like the top shows, because obviously there's a bunch of like top tier professional podcasts that mm-hmm. probably already have editors. So it's not going to do you a ton of good to like, to go out and, and email them. We, although maybe you should, I don't know, find out who's, yeah. <laughs> find out who's <laughs> yeah. producing the show and email and be like, hey, if you ever want to take a, a week off, just <laughs> Dropbox me those files. <laughs> right. I, and I did. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I yeah. forgot to hit on that. Um, there have been shows where I felt like, you know, messaging, the personality of uh, the host or whatever, it did fit, but I could tell it was already well-produced and it had mm-hmm. good quality to it. So I didn't necessarily um, want to try to like... Reach out or... I, reach out because I, I to me, there's just some uh, inkling of like, 
that being unethical because, you know, you can pretty much tell they already have an editor and I don't want to try to undermine or say, okay, well, you should work with me and not work with them. I know that is an aspect of business once you get to maybe like a more corporate level, but I didn't want, um, I just can't see myself doing that. And I just want, I just wanted to be true to it. Yeah. It just, it seemed kind of sleazy to me. So I just shy away from that. But, but what I would do in that case is just like, you just send an email and say, Hey, Mm. I know you probably already have a producer editor, Mm. but I'm a huge fan. Uh, if there's ever anything you need or if you need some extra help because then yeah, it's yeah. like you just let them know that you appreciate their work and then also you're like i'm the guy if you you know you need need that uh need that backup right 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 i uh actually i think i sent actually reached out to someone this week and did just that and i didn't you know sometimes you just kind of go with doing something if it just doesn't feel right you kind of shy yeah. away from it but I, that that didn't feel like bad in my to my soul to do that so i I agree with you that that is a better way to do it because, you know, it might grow, it might scale. They might need some additional help uh, filling in from time to time or things like that. So there is one thing I've learned is that people that have success with podcasts always end up starting more podcasts. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Multiple shows. Yeah. I'm saying that a lot more, too. Yeah. It's 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 really cool. So I I, I love that. Let me ask you about this because because I've told this story a bunch of times, so I don't want to retell it again. But basically, I think a lot of my success was due to the fact that I set up a website and then described mm. my services. And this was back in 2012 or 2013 when not a mm. lot of people were doing this. Uh, right. I described my services and what I was trying to do. And then I, I thankfully had a lot of really, really cool people support me and recommend me to their friends. Um, but also I got a lot of traffic by writing tutorials. So I'm wondering, have you done anything like that? Obviously you found me because of one of my YouTube tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, have and, and so this is a question also for the listener, if you're interested in being a podcast editor, like, do you have a website and have you put up any content on it? Um, I, I'm actually in the process of, of building my website now. Like I said, uh, mentally it took me a while to get to the point where I felt like I we could legitimize me doing that and offering those services. So I'm, I am currently working on my website. I haven't created any content as far as tips to it. Um, cause I'm still kind of battling with that cause I want to differ- differentiate myself yeah. and someone like yourself, they were in the game early. So, you know, um, people, people, you know, refer to you because they know you've been doing it for a long time, but right. I just see a lot of editors kind of, I just see a lot of the same information retained. So if I did it, I would maybe try to provide more resources or maybe, um, kind of find a different angle mm. to, to present information because I just don't want to kind of regurgitate what what's already out there, uh, kind of make myself unique. So that's something has been I have been battling with yeah. uh, ways to creative ways to make content that doesn't get redundant and and is and is has a fresh new perspective. So um, I would say that's definitely one of the top things that I'm still trying to figure out because I know that that content providing content and value outside of um, producing the shows but maybe giving your expertise is is a is something that you need to do i'm just trying to look up a more unique way to present that i I feel you man like i so i told everyone i think a month ago or six weeks ago that i was going to start podcasting again and then i Mm -hmm. and then i didn't make any more episodes um (laughs) right and and part of that part of that was because i think i was I, you know, I'm doing a lot at Simplecast and there's a lot of stuff going on in my life mm. in general. Right. So it's, so it's just hard to, to not, no, it's, it's, it's not hard for me to make the time. What, what's hard is that I, I think I was distracted and I think it was angry about a lot of things. And, and me personally, when I get really, really angry, I, I, I can't mm. talk. It's this weird, it's this weird <laughs> right, thing right. where I just like, 
I become overwhelmed and I I stop talking. And I, that's probably fairly common. I'm not special. But I think it's a yeah, I think for men it's you know we're we're naturally like we're, we're solution oriented so we got to try to figure things <laughs> out. So we're like we might be in our head breaking down ways whereas yeah. women, you know, they might like over communicate when they're stressed out. It's interesting. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but I'm the, I'm the, I'm the I'm the exact same yeah. way. Um when I get overwhelmed it's just kind of hard to um communicate or just kind of be in your, in your normal state of mind, I would say. A lot of what I think the, the problem is, is that I see too many people, I personally feel like too many people are talking too much um, mm-hmm. and should be listening more. And then I feel like, okay, like good for you for seeing that. Why don't you shut up and listen more too? And then, and then so then, mm-hmm. then it's like, I don't want to say all the same thing that all the, all the, I don't want to talk about all the same things that we've, I've talked about in the past and a bunch of other people have talked about. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I told everyone that I was going to make a show. So like, what do you, what do you do there? Uh, right. <laughs> but so, so this is actually my attempt at, at moving past that and, and just realizing right, like, right. okay, like maybe trusting yourself and feeling like if you don't need to make content right now, maybe it's not the right time to make a tutorial. Um, and me personally, I like agree. if, if I, I now have a bunch of topics that I do want to talk about and I, I'm creating some space in my life so that I can talk about it and I'm carving, you know, I'm, I'm saying like yes to doing this. Um, so that's, you know, I want to talk about that more on a different episode, but diving okay. into, uh, so this is something else I'm thinking about. Like, let's talk about what we think clients are looking for. And, and, and I want to talk about my experience with that and your experience with that. But have you thought about, how much you, how much you're actually teaching people what you know versus just editing the the audio files for them and tell me i guess tell oh. me a little bit about the process and maybe that'll inform it okay well like uh, like the clients that i currently have they <laughs> it's kind of funny they have like zero idea about starting a podcast audio things like that so it's really um which this is what actually gave me confidence, really just being able to take people step by step about recording, about um, best practices, about the, the industry in general. Mm-hmm. So my, my current clients, um, they I find like in this lane, people don't more so care about the quality as much as we do. <laughs> because um I, yeah. I know i can get obsessed with quality and they might not they be like well, it sounds great to me already oh yeah but i think i think also um just just providing resources letting them know the industry they just want to get things out as quick as possible um just making their jobs easier because i think that the main value for them is just it's time like so you kind of have to lead with that like this look this is going to save you turn of time and it also return the quality of the, the audio will be improved so if you you know, maybe invested a little bit in this equipment or your environment was maybe this and recording, it will improve on that. But like I said, I think the main thing is people just don't have the time to try to piece together these things every week. Like they have mm. uh, businesses and, and, and other things that they're trying to do. They have families. So I think that's the biggest value. So always kind of lead with that. And then, oh, by the way, the this is what can also happen as well. So I think I find a good balance between doing that because what's necessarily important to me is not important to them. So I don't want to get lost in that. Right. Well, and I know in the beginning, I think I was, I think I'm, I was more focused on audio quality because I, I, I really love things that sound good. But right. lately I've been thinking more about content and maybe that's a product of like mm-hmm. more and more 
podcast producers and people, just just the world in general becoming more aware of how to record audio that sounds okay. And also right. the, the tech getting easier and the software getting easier and the fact that like our phones, microphones are actually pretty decent now. Like the, the latest right. iPhones have pretty great mics in them. So it's, it's it, or everyone has like a, a mic and inter- interface because everyone started podcasting in 2013 or 2017 or, you know, recently. So, so right. the, the question of like audio quality is, is fading into the background for me in terms of like mm. how much of a real problem it is. And, and now I'm seeing like the big problems are there's a lot of, there's just a lot of content out there. It's hard to stand mm. out. Um, right. And then it's hard to know what to talk about. So I, I just, I was thinking about this as I was prepping for the show, just how, I think maybe the value that I provide wasn't necessarily like the editing slash the post-production side, but maybe right. it was like you said, the, all the teaching and like the guiding them through the step-by-step process of like, okay, I realize this probably seems like a lot of work and is very overwhelming for you, but mm-hmm. it's actually just doing this and then doing that and then doing that. And, then, and I think once you teach people the basics of putting together a show and recording, that unlocks like the stories that they want to tell and the ability to tell them. And um, just, it's like a creative, it's like setting them free in a sense. Right. Um, They're stuck inside this cage. That is like, I don't either know how to make a podcast or I'm not Mm -hmm. confident that I'm good enough to make something that other people, people will enjoy or listen to. Right. I mean, I could, that's definitely understandable though, because like you said, like it seems like every, everyone is, is creating podcasts to support like their message and their, and the stories they want to tell. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I think people just struggle with, they may think it's a bit selfish. Like, okay, there's all these out here. Like what makes me think that people will actually want to listen to me? Yeah. But, um, there, I mean, there are a lot of people in the world and I know I listen to a lot of podcasts or other people do it too. You just never know. I think the main thing is just, if you can just do it for long enough, you, you will stand out consistently do it. Cause I know a lot of people they would, they would just fall off the map, just right. Running that marathon. And this is the thing I uh, see a lot of people talk about this. They just, Oh, they hear, you know, this is new shiny thing that they want to do. Um, and they just want to jump into it and, you know, they want to see some type of benefit or result immediately. And, um, just like in anything, I think people who do it for the long haul, they will have more success. They'll, they'll work out the kinks. They'll, They'll tailor it to their strengths and weaknesses. They'll talk about the right things. Um, so that's something that I try to let people know off the jump. Like, like this is a process. So if you want to, you know, because who knows? I don't necessarily want to work with people who, you know, um, for a month or so, like they're all in. And then, you know, oh, I want to do a show a week. And then the next month is once every two weeks. Then it's once a month. And then they just fall off the map. So just find the people who are serious. That's why I try to target people who actually have real businesses because they long as you know, people will, they will stick to try to um, make their businesses thrive because, you know, mm-hmm. that's how support themselves and their families. Right. So if they're using the podcast to supplement that, they're more likely to be consistent. But if it's just like, Oh, I just want to have Twitter conversations in the form of a podcast, then, mm-hmm. you know, they may not have that longevity uh, for the long haul. So that's kind of my perspective on that. Twitter conversations in the form of a <laughs> podcast. I'm going to, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> yeah, feel free to use it. That's that's actually that's a that's great. Like, because that's something I've sensed for a while too, and and I've always I've always felt that there's like this difference between serious and not serious. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of people who, uh, you know, I did an episode called "Can I Podcast Just for Fun?" And the answer, of course, is yes, of course. But 
you right. know, if, if if it's just for fun and you don't have any goals, don't come complaining whenever you're not making money or getting fame from it, you know, because it's, right, it's right. like going and talking into a microphone. And even this, like, I, I feel tired talking about this. I feel like this is the, the same topic everyone talks about, but mm-hmm. maybe it's important for the people coming down and, and let's make it important for the editors this is something to think about whenever you're if you're trying to if you're trying to make this be your your full time living. There's right. a difference, and and it's not to say those people won't value you. Um, it's just to say that I think both Sydney and I have found success working with people who have businesses or who have like a real thing beyond the podcast. Right. Does, right. Does that yeah, make that's, sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's hugely important. That's like the number one thing when I look for when I when I. Uh, like trying to target people and reach out to them. Um, and this is also creates more of a, you know, you can, people like, you know, if you can talk about their business, you know, what, what, what are the goals for this, for your business that will, I think that will help legitimize you as an editor too. Just saying, well, I just want to reach out to the first person I know who, who, who's talking about this or talking about that. So I think it shows a, a level of commitment on both sides where, where, so you want it to be mutually beneficial. So that's a good way to like create that relationship. I, I, I dig that. What do you think about? I, I kind of want to suggest, and I want to run it by you. I kind of want to suggest saying, like, maybe maybe we should all focus and try to only work for shows that like we would want to be a part of the other thing or the extra business. I don't know. Does that make sense? Um, I I don't think maybe maybe not that far left, but I I, I understand like the the branding part of it like positioning yourself you can do this like kind of like how you did it like you started off as an editor and then you ended up getting a job for like a company that's in that space so yeah i think that's a that's a that is a good way to like market and position yourself as a brand and in, in whatever field it doesn't even just have to be you know editing podcast editing or anything that's just a good way because i do feel like you know with each passing day like people just want to outsource to like contractors and they don't want necessarily have to hire like a whole agency or separate company to come in and do that. And, um, I think as time passes, that's just going to be kind of more of the norm. So, um, I feel like that's a good way to maybe if you want to get into a field, just start doing it on your own. And then you attract those companies that well, who may possibly take notice and then you can provide some benefit for them as well. So. Do you think here's a question out of left field that I feel like is kind of related? Do you think we should be spending time trying to convince people to start podcasts? Hmm. Like, like not like legit people that could turn into good clients. Like you meet some, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like I do this, but that I can't tell if it's just because I love. I, I think it's just because I genuinely love podcasts. But whenever I meet mm-hmm. someone who I'm like, "Oh, you should do a podcast," but I'm not talking about just that like casual conversation of like mm-hmm. you should do a podcast, but legitimately following up. And being like, all right, now I got your email. Like, we're gonna jump on a call. Uh, I'm gonna start you through this. Like, do you think it's in your experience? Um, uh, what do you think about basically training people who sh- who maybe should start podcasts? <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you think that would work out? Um, that's good. I'm kind of have to uh, break that down as we talk because I haven't really positioned myself to do that. Just because I think it's man, it's, I think it's hard enough just to convince people to if they already have one that okay, um, I can provide value in doing this but the actual aspect of, of having them to have the stress of coming up with an idea for a show or creating a show even though you can walk them step by step through the process i think that's something that like you said if it has to be a really 
they have to have a really strong foundation of something and then you can kind of break it down to, okay, like I really think this would benefit your business or there's definitely an audience for this that you may be missing by not doing this. Right. And if you did it, you you could, uh, I'm sorry, you connect and create a, a relationship with those people. So I think there definitely is a lane for that. But like I said, you it has to be someone who, um, kind of similar to just reaching out to clients who, who's serious about their business. They, they know their market based on like the personality of the person is something that they can uh, present in an entertaining and informational way. Um, Cause I feel like podcasts, you have to, it's, I, I think about it as like edutainment, like it has to be an educational side to it, but it also has to be entertaining. People just attention standards are so, are so short that if there isn't a certain amount of entertainment value, you'll lose them. So um I think I think it is definitely a lane with that. It may be more difficult to convince uh, from my perspective, but I think if, if you if you know exactly what you're talking about and you can just make it crystal clear to the person how they can benefit from it, I, I think it could work. Yeah, because I'm thinking the term I'm thinking of is like creating clients versus mm-hmm. finding them. I, I honestly think it, it it doesn't hurt. You can kind of just see what type of success you have with it, um, and how you present it and perfect your pitch and things like that. Because I think and and a lot of things are good in theory, but you just have to kind of break down those barriers of people while they may not want to do it. And they may not have, it might, you might have presented to them the best way possible. There could be a clear benefit and uh, all those types of things for them, but it could be just something non-related where they might not want to uh, go through with the process. So, yeah. All right. What do you think? Um, what do you think about how much to charge? Like, how do you, cause this is, this is something that I've always struggled with when, when I started just for transparency, the first episode I edited was I think like 60 bucks an episode. And then I eventually mm. went up to like a hundred and then it, depending on the client, it was like between a hundred and 300, but I never m- went much higher than that. And like the, the, the real question in my mind now is, was that sustainable long-term? Cause I, cause right. like, cause I didn't, I like, I struggled I struggled paying bills and taxes. Uh, so it's like that caught up with me eventually. Um, you know, and I've, and I've paid that off now, but it was, it was real stressful. And so, so now I'm thinking like a hundred, is it just the, is it just the type of person that's going to not see maybe like who, who, who sees the value in, in that? And is it, is there, are there enough of those shows that pay more? Um, and how much, like, should it depend on the market and where people are? And like, what, what, where are you at on all this in terms of like charging? And like, do you, do you uh, like to do per hour? Or per, well, I, I project don't do per, per hour because, um, people, cause then people try to guess my, well, it should only take you an hour to do this and it might take three. So I just try, I stay away from that. So I just do by per episode or, um, right. if you do it monthly, you just give them like a monthly rate. But that's, that's a, that's something that, you know, I've always had concerns about it. I never really. The biggest thing I've learned is just you don't you don't want to undermine yourself in, in in the value you're providing. So you just kind of right. want to start off to a point where, you know, it's um, it's respecting the editor and their time. So I, like you said, you started you started off doing sixty bucks, which is right around where I started. Um, I wouldn't charge it less anything less than a hundred bucks now, um, and. Also, in balance mm-hmm. between, you know, eventually raising your rates and, you know, as you intend to improve or provide more value. But I think also it's just it may be the profession or the type of business that the person has. So, for example, someone who may be like a speaker or a therapist, which are people that I one of my clients is a therapist, you know, 
if she's providing that value, it, this may be at probably the best vehicle for her to get clients directly because it's, it's literally that's what she would be doing. Right. Like the conversation she may have with the guest or well, she always has guests. She doesn't do solo episodes, but the the content that she's providing with her and her guests is literally probably similar to the conversation she would be providing with the client is just more targeted towards um, their background and, and their needs and how they're trying to improve. So I think for speakers, it that would be a huge benefit for them because you're, you know, you're speaking and it is directly linked to your profession. So I feel like those people would, would be v- willing to invest more, whether it's someone who's maybe doing, you know, they, remodel decks for people i think they would be less inclined to <laughs> invest in a podcast even though you know they want they know they need to provide content but they may not see the value right away so i think it has a big to do with the profession and the people you target but also just knowing that like mm-hmm. look you know I'm, I'm providing a service for someone and it's valuable and, and my time is valuable so i just don't want to undermine myself because then you get stuck in the situations where it's just like man i'm just throwing away time and I'm not getting the return on it. And I think that can lead to a whole nother level of like, uh, maybe how you, yeah, mental anxiety. Exactly. And, and how you view yourself. So I, I, yeah, I try to stay away from those people who, um, who don't respect. And I think you can just do that by having a set fee and, and expressing that to people as, as clearly and upfront as possible. That way you can weed out the people who, who don't respect it and create relationships with people who, who, who understand the value in that more. It makes sense. It's a, it's tricky because there's so many different ways to make a podcast, mm-hmm. and so many different people right. and industries. Um, it's a, it's a good question. It's one that I hope to, I hope to learn more about as I talk to more editors and and also people who are hiring editors and producers. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, man, that's. Hmm. I think that's about all the questions I wanted to ask. Do you like? Do you have any questions for me, or any topics hmm. that you think would be cool to talk about? Hmm. It's cool if you don't have any. It's just like a, yeah, I, just I, wanted to yeah, give you I a don't, chance. I don't, I don't have anything off the top of my head, really. Cool. Well, we had a we had a lot of good stuff in there, so that'll work. So I guess I'll just say I guess I'll just say bye and give you a chance to to plug yourself. How do people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you or hire you? You can follow me on social media on Instagram. It's uh, Sid A. Evans Jr. I believe it, believe it is the same on Twitter. Those are tw- the platforms that I I'm usually on. And my email, you can reach out to me. Um, like I said, I'm still setting up my website, so that'll be done soon. But my email is uh, Sid Allen Evans Jr. at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. That's cool. Well, Sydney, thanks for coming on the show today, man. This is, uh, this is the end. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure.
now I'm just thinking about like how I'm going to edit this mm. into the show. It's, <laughs> right. Now my brain's exploding. <laughs> ah, too meta. I'm recording this and thinking about how I'm going to be editing it while I'm recording it. Where um where do you where do you want to be in a, in a couple of years in terms of like your podcasting career? Um well I'm I'm actually uh interested in other exploring other forms of audio so like podcasting is a good place to start. Um I would eventually want to break into like doing like voiceover production engineering like audio for video things like that. Um down the road maybe get even get into. Like audio for film and, and TV and stuff. Like I just, I kind of have this vision that I'm just taking it step by step by step and progressing. Yeah. So, um, I definitely want to explore all avenues of audio. Um, this is the one that I felt like was the least barrier of entry, entry for me to really gain the expertise and provide value, and then um, build relationships with people that continue to grow and to expand and just see where it takes me. But yeah, I'm doing. I'm definitely in this for the long haul in regards to audio. Gotcha. One other question I forgot to ask that I want to that I want to throw in there. Um, what kind of what kind of people or shows do you want to work with? Like, um, if you had like a, a dream roster, like what kind of shows? I I really enjoy working with uh, for people that don't that don't know I I am African American. So other 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 black podcasters, people who want to uh, create their own messages, who who just have positive. Uh, things to say to provide just give a unique perspective people who who are naturally creative which is you know something that i feel like i've disconnected away from away from and i'm reconnecting into so um, i feel like there's a market out there for 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 that type of that type of thing and um Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty much it just positive positive messages um unique perspective with you know some entertainment value Okay, and then one final question: uh, Where's where's the best place to eat in Durham, North Carolina? The best place to eat. Who's got the best food? Um, I was just talking to my fiance about this because I'm, I'm we'll be back down there next week, my dad's retirement party. But um, it's my favorite sushi spot. It's right about right across from Duke's campus. It's called Sushi Love. They got the best sushi, so I'm gonna go with that. Cool. 